0: all right good evening bob how are you doing tonight
1: i'm doing good very good
0: are you doing good or are you doing well
1: uh i'm doing good i'm doing good Ooh. deeds and i'm i'm feeling good goodness uh, gracious I, my arm is sore from my my first <laughs> covid shot but nice. other than that all things are all, all systems are good
0: Ooh, i'm scheduled for friday i'm very excited um yeah so uh, nice. this is a big week a bunch of stuff yeah so um I guess we should probably go through some of these things and talk about them
1: <laughs> probably
0: I'm uh yeah' I'm, I'm recording this from home which is really weird I was like, oh I have all this setup and then I was like no it's not really quite the same setup so I will probably not do this again uh, I apologize if I'm popping peas or anything this mic setup is not quite as good as the one that I have at work um, I I had a brilliant idea that I was like, oh, this will just be easier. I won't have to drive back and forth. Nope, this is not quite the same thing. But whatever, who cares? Um, anyway, the first thing that we got on the agenda tonight is a very exciting thing. Uh, it's a hardcover reissue of the tabloid hardcover or uh, the tabloid sized. Amazing World of Superman, which I was very excited about. Saw that. Very cool. Um, Comes with the giant, the the poster and everything that came with the original. It's super awesome. Uh, I'm really excited about that. You know, it's in that format that's a huge pain in the ass to put on the shelf or anything, but it's, I mean, it's so much cooler than the soft cover version because the soft covers just get destroyed in that size. Those old
1: those old tabloid sized ones just get mangled I have a collection of them and can attest that is indeed the case they get shredded
0: very easily mangled Uh, but yeah awesome Uh, American Vampire 1976 number 7 is out this week Uh, I think it is a 10 issue I believe yes it is Uh, so we're almost done with that one we got Batman and Scooby-Doo mysteries up next which uh (laughs) <laughs> Un- unsurprisingly, I thought was amazing. I thought it was really, really fun. It was it, it's a gr- like it's one of the best kids comics I've read in a long time. It fits closer into the like adventure time and uh, SpongeBob and that world of kids comics, where it's written well. It's got a great fun story it's not like, it doesn't speak down to the kids and it's like, I really enjoyed reading it. I mean, I love Scooby-Doo regardless, so I'm always going to be stoked, but it was really fun. And it was, it really, it honest to God was very (laughs) well-written story of, uh, of Batman's, uh, lost purple gloves from his first adventure. (laughs) And, uh, and there's, there's a big, it was
1: definitely uh, a clever.
0: Yeah. Oh, super clever. And also, uh, if you if you made it to the end, I don't know if you saw, but there is a big status quo for Batman change that I hope is canon and uh, will reflect throughout the rest of DC history. Uh, that there is a that there is a connection between Mystery Incorporated and Batman. That is uh, is very it's very Whoa. cool. Uh, Batman
1: loved the uh the easter eggs in it oh so many well. good like ones just uh scooby-doo wearing bane's mask and like the rainbow batman all kinds of fun stuff in
0: yeah it. it's the lots of lots of little fun call outs um uh, so batman a death in the family deluxe hardcover is out that is way overblown but it's but it's cool if you love that story it's a It's an amazing format, but it is a $50 hardcover and that is not a lot of story. The, I mean, the original trade for that was five dollars back in the day, if I am remembering correctly. And yeah. it was a499 soft cover. So that is a yeah. <laughs> that's quite the quite the increase. but it, it's cool. It looks good. Uh, Batman, the detective number one.
1: Ooh, I liked this I liked
0: this quite a bit I thought this was wonderful
1: mm-hmm.
0: What yeah. did you think Bob?
1: Uh, I like detective Like Batman stories That are actually like real Like detective mystery stories And it's very I think it's very difficult to write them uh, And I think Tom Taylor is uh, Off to a good start based on this I love the redesign of Gentleman Ghost That was uh, so fun That really cool yeah and i also really loved um the uh in the batman incorporated and the grant morrison stuff where he had knight and squire and then the knight was killed and squire became the knight Mm -hmm. and so she is now the knight and she has a new squire and so there's like it's a it because this whole thing is set in a in a future period you know so it's like batman's a little more older a little more closer to um like uh, Dark Knight, yes, kind of era, but like before he gets to that yeah. stage, uh, it definitely has yeah, a lot the, of the big mystery, a lot of those kind of callouts in it where it's like, oh,
0: too old, yeah, can't can't quite keep up with the kids anymore. Oh, grumble, yeah, grumble.
1: like he's starting to feel the age. But yeah. the big mystery of it that he needs to solve is that someone is killing everyone that he saved. Yep. So of course, in the course of his career, is quite a few people. Um, but yeah. It was really good. I loved it a lot. Yeah. Very good.
0: Really good. Uh it probably one of my favorite Batman things I've read for quite a while. Uh Batman Urban Legends number 2 is out. Not paying attention to this one unfortunately. Also really good. I thought the first one was great. I uh, this didn't is, get around to this guy.
1: Yeah, no. This is this is just like all of the ancillary characters uh so Red Hood. There's an Oracle story in here that's like actually pretty fun and then for me i'm a sucker it's got outsiders with like the classic like black lightning metamorpho katana yeah. like that's the only for me the only real throwaway in this is the grifter uh story that's in it but you know bang for your buck it's a it's a it's a chunk of batman related stuff zadarski is doing the red hood story which is actually very very good i don't know if you saw the uh the zadarski post on twitter today about uh how it was a Quadarski Quod- today, uh, how he had four books out. Whoa,
0: that's too much. <laughs> it That's actually
1: really. It's a really funny. <laughs> yeah, it was a very funny. It was not. A, it was not a triple chip. It was a. It was a Quadarski. Damn. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> we got. We've got Black Cat number five. We have Black Hammer Visions number three. Speaking of Zadarski. number two in me. the
1: Quadarski. This oh, is yes. really good. Did you read this? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, so this is. Uh, I didn't read number two, a, so I Abraham was like, Abraham Slam." Oh. oh, nice. Oh, they're all one shots. Yeah, that's true. They're all one shots. So this one is Abraham Slam, and uh, basically, it's a riff on the U.S. agent becoming Captain America. Oh, okay. Kind of deal. Yeah. Like ba- basically, the government comes out with this guy uh who's called the slam and he like kicks the shit out of fucking everybody and he's you know he's like a grim and gritty 80s dickhead yep. kind of guy um but actually Zadarski's a very good writer and uh this turned like the turn at the end of this was like this is not a sunshiny comic in any way. Uh, Zdarsky is a very good.
0: frustratingly good writer. Zdarsky is one of those people who writes yeah. so well <laughs> that it makes me angry, and I like I, I honestly yeah. read his stuff and I'm like that is, you know, it like it feels unattainable. You feel like you see him do stuff and you're like, oh, god damn it, that is really yeah. funny and really clever, and he does it so consistently like he like you know four books out in one week and every one of them is clever and interesting in a different way it's kind of annoying
1: but uh but it's awesome yeah yeah I mean like he made a he did a good he did a good red hood story for fuck's sake like you know he's 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 good at being funny he's good at being sad Uh, he's just a good writer yeah like I, I dug it
0: It's funny because I like I always kind of think of him as the funny guy because that's kind of been his default. Uh, But man, he can do it all. Uh, Yeah. Not not limited to the. Yeah, this this Black Hammer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Black Hammer is not a funny story in any way. Not at all. Like, I mean, it has some moments in it that are funny and clever or whatever. Um, it was also really cool if you follow Black Hammer. There's a scene in it with uh, Golden Gale, but like not as Golden Gale is the character that is like Shazam. She becomes yeah. it's like reversed. Yep. She ages normally, but when she becomes a superhero, she becomes a child. And so like uh, in this one, it's like her human persona is like talking about retiring with Slam Abraham Slam, and it's a just a very good moment, poignant. You know, it was good, very very good one shot. Nice, liked it.
0: Uh, we have Kanto and the City of Giants. Um, that is out. We've got Changed to the Grave, number two. And uh, Challenge of the Super Sons, number one, which is surprisingly good. I guess probably not surprisingly good. This is like, this is one of those decisions that I thought was very exciting to see somebody realize that they had this incredible series. And then... It got canceled for seemingly no reason because it was popular. People were really liking the super Sun series, and then it just they just pulled it. And then and people were like, "But, but like it had better subscribers than like any other super series." I'll tell, why would I'll tell you... you exactly. Okay, tell me.
1: I'll tell you why. Why? Uh, the reason why is that Brian Bendis took over Superman, and he it, it took the character of Jonathan Kent and f- artificially aged him into right. an adult and did his whole fucking stupid shit with him that made the character generic and boring. It was a terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, this version of, uh, you know, I knew you would like it because you loved that series, but this is, I flipped through this in the, in the shop. It's so and good. It's, it's really good. This is what those characters should be about. Yeah. Like it's, and DC there's, there's an introduction of an, a lot to kind of embrace.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah. We're, we are now skipping some with our, uh, yeah. With our lag, but uh, uh, no, uh, there's an amazing throw to an 80s toy, which I was really excited to see. Uh, I, they bring something in that was like a, a, a Kenner superpowers toy and make it part of continuity, which I was really excited by. So super happy
1: with that. Which which toy?
0: Uh, it's the the super I can't remember what it was called. Oh my God! Was it the super car, the super plane? What had the two fists on it? The
1: oh, the supermobile. Supermobile. The yeah, yeah.
0: That came in. Yeah. That became a part of this, which I was like, oh, nice. I loved that thing. Um, so good choice there. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Children of the Atom number two. Wonderful. I really dig this series. Um, I think it's. It's going someplace interesting. This one was definitely a little bit of a placeholder to get them somewhere, but it's it's dealing with all the stuff with uh, are they actually mutants? Uh, how do they relate? Why are they not on Krakoa? All of those kind of things where they're kind of not part of the same X universe as everybody else. But man, some good stuff. And I really like these characters. They definitely have the problem where they're probably going to be changing names every two issues. Like each one of them, like, Oh, that was a stupid name. How about we change it to something else? Because we already have day crawler changing their name to nighty night crawler, which is equally terrible, but pretty (laughs) funny. Um, So I'm, I'm curious to see how many name changes we go through for these, (laughs) these young X characters, but awesome. It's fun. It's, it's another one of those books that kind of straddles the line between, a comic book that is specifically for like uh, the, the I don't know 12 to 16 demo uh, and like a regular straight up X book and it's it's just it's fun and it's smart and it's very cool so and I'm looking forward to awesome. where these characters go and not just because they reintroduced maggot uh, but I will tell you that that made me really happy. And I did go back and reread all of the old maggot issues of the uh, the old X run last week. And I was really, I really enjoyed it. I was like, did I just like this character? Because, I don't know, it was, he was around during this time when I was enjoying these books. And then I reread them and I was like, nope, it's because he's fucking awesome. And uh, what a great character. So, Really dug that, yeah, uh, Daredevil number twenty nine, speaking of things I went and reread last week, whoa, Good God, this book is awesome. Uh, and this continues no. the Electra <laughs> as Daredevil story arc.
1: so number three in the Quadarsky,
0: then the Quadarski. Uh, and speaking of of things that are the opposite of that, um, Dark Hawk,
1: Heart of Hawk. What was up with this? Explain why? this to
0: me. What would you like explained? Number one, the first thing you want to know is why would they choose that story? So it's three stories, three Dark Huck stories, which why would you release a Dark <laughs> Hot comic, period? Don't know. Can't answer that. Uh, second question, why would you put the worst one first? I do not know. I can't answer that. They <laughs> they literally had a Dan Abnett Story as the second one so it was like at least it ties into Guardians and his amazing run on Guardians because he would bring in the Dark Hawk concept as this like okay let's kind of try and make this something a little cooler so they're like this Legion of whatever's and the that, you know like that kind of trying to fix Rom the Space Knight kind of thing that they were always doing um, yeah and it worked with him and has never worked with anybody else but dark hawk is showing up someplace maybe in guardians who knows but definitely oh. marvel is making a push for dark hawk right now don't know why so
1: gotcha can't
0: for the life of me figure out yeah, where they put it yeah i did I, like
1: i i have i have no uh like animosity towards the character of dark hawk i just kind of was mm-hmm. like really like why Dark Hawk, like why? Uh, it's like Black Knight. Yeah, right. Though it's got to be like there's something coming up oh, yeah, with yeah. that character.
0: I, I don't know, man. I just didn't like it, and I don't like Dark Hawk as a character. I I find him to be the most like useless 90s nonsense. <laughs> even though I think he was from the 80s, uh, still just not late 80s. Yeah, not my thing. Anyway, uh, we got a new Fangoria yeah. out this week. He's no
1: sleepwalker. He, oh
0: fuck no. Sleepwalker is actually wonderful. I love Sleepwalker. I I think that character <laughs> yeah. is massively underused and is begging for a comeback at some point. And it seems like he has a huge legion of fans because they did that one little like three issue mini or actually it was like a five issue mini a little while back and people were excited about that. We sold a lot of those. I was I was amazed at how many people were like really excited, it, even though it was like a tie in to, uh, to Secret Wars. It was like they were excited because it was a Sleepwalker series. So I don't know. I think <laughs> I think people are are excited about that character for some reason. Uh, okay, Fantastic Four number thirty. Um, did not read it, but it has a really cool cover. Um. We got GI Joe, real American hero, two seventy nine, and also we have the trade paperback for the World on Fire GI Joe series, which I have heard really good things about, and it has this ridiculous like uh, Akira cover to it that always made me want to read it. Um, Grendel, Devil's Odyssey, number five of eight. Wow, this thing has been a long time coming, but uh, it's still great. I I loved this series. Was not. Uh, Was not expecting it to come out again, honestly, because it had been so long since I'd seen the last one. But uh, cool. Guardians of the Galaxy number 13. This was uh, weird. Yeah. I flipped through it. There is a character uh, who we haven't really seen a lot of lately. Probably one of Marvel's largest villain characters showing up in Guardians, which is not not a place where you would expect to see him I guess is what you would say it it's a very strange combination so I, I'm curious to see where they go with that uh, we got Harley Quinn volume 5 Hollywood or
1: die uh really quick I will just say this is a like one of my favorite Harley Quinn storylines ever oh absolutely uh, even though it kind of it did like that weird booster gold thing where it was like, it seemed like they were trying to like push away from the, like uh, the poison Ivy deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said it was just, it was a really, really good uh, like emotional. I loved mm-hmm. this run of Harley Quinn and, uh, and this is the last of those. Yeah. No, Humphreys this was really good. Sammy, Sammy Basri.
0: I think the new one is even better, but I did like this one quite a bit. Uh, home. Number one from Image This one I don't know about this
1: book um, You know, it looks good I just, I'm not ready for it I'll be honest, like I will I get enough of it In the news, I don't know that I'm ready for a comic That's what I, I thought it. too
0: uh, I, I, I thought it was interesting It's, It goes back to a problem That I've had a lot with comics Where I never know where the line Is for certain things uh, And like it was always weird when like the X-Men Would be like, and Magneto was in an internment Camp in World War II And it's like oh, Dude, uh, the Holocaust Might be a little too serious to put in your Funny book with the fucking Mutant monsters That might not be okay territory To mine For emotional resonance and And Again, we're talking about with home we're talking about a a book that occurs on the border it's it's kids that are in internment camps and it turns into a superhero book and it's i certainly won't say that it's poorly done it's it's well done it just it, it's it's a weird choice to to go there Is what I'll say. Yeah.
1: I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, you want to root your, uh, I mean, certainly, uh, and obviously like the border. Yeah. I mean, some people refer to it as a crisis. Uh, You know, maybe I'm putting too much of my politics into this and I don't want to get down that road, but it's like, it's a big deal culturally. Yeah. To say the least. But I just, I don't know. I was just like, I don't like, I read comics for escapism and, and I, and I, I think if you're going to do a comic about this subject, like, I don't know, like it it just, especially for it to be like a, like, it's not like, it's like a, a a graphic novel. It's not mouse.
0: It's, it's a superhero book, which I don't know. I mean, you can do what you want and there's a lot of, there's a lot of room for creative ventures, but uh, for me, it it was a little much. That's all I'll say. Yeah, uh, yeah. Homesick Pilots, number
1: five. I uh, I bought this. Uh, I'm like three issues behind on this. Uh, this is the Dan Waters uh, band Ghost Story <laughs> book uh, yeah. that I really liked the first two issues of, and then I I just have mm-hmm. I'm still getting it, but I am behind
0: the Power Rangers controlled by a haunted house that are in a punk band. Um <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. It's it's really fun and the uh the more cover, the B cover is awesome. I thought that was Yeah, a, that's the one I got. I love it. bizarre choice for that cover, but I think it's awesome. It's
1: great though. It's got like a like the the graphic design of it itself is like I don't know is is it trying to be like uh, Kevin um who is oh shit Kevin O'Neill, like, uh, it reminds oh, me of like, yeah, yeah. uh, maybe that's what it is. It reminds me of like, yeah. Like one of those British anthology kind yeah, of, I think you're I right. It's cool. Anyway, I liked it. Yeah, no, it looks like I a 2000
0: it. AD cover. Um, so yeah. we got, uh, Hotline Miami number eight, the last issue in that series. Uh, we've got the incredible Hercules complete collection two, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. That was a great series. We got Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, number four. Iron, this is so good. Yeah, it, it is weirdly good. I, <laughs> again, one of those things where I was like, man, why would I want to read an Iron Fist comic? And then, I mean. And then it just rules. It just rules. Uh, Iron Man, number eight. Speaking of comics that just rule for seemingly no reason. Good stuff. Yeah, I like this but Um, let's see. We got, okay. We got a book here that you seem to be quite into. And I just skipped over (laughs) like an idiot. Uh, and you Mm. loved this. That would be Jenny zero issue one colon party monster. It's
1: great. This book is great. I loved it. It's a, it's a, it's an Ultraman riff. Okay. Uh, some there's things, a lot of those, those of the
0: last couple months
1: yeah this is a little bit of a different take on it it's um some of the elements of this like you might have seen in other comics but there's a twist at the end that came out of nowhere that i really liked so basically uh, the party monster aspect of it is like this uh it's like this there's a science police that fights kaiju's And they um, They used to be like it's in Japan And it's like it used to be like super well Respected kind of thing And now it's like Just propaganda and this uh, Jenny Zero is was Their their leading Fighter their Ultraman And she became Completely disillusioned for reasons That you kind of start to get A sense of Um, But there's more to come in the series basically and um she gets she's just hammered and pilled up and like all fucked up and they call her back into service and they're like are, like are you drunk and she's just like i'm drinking you know like <laughs> kind of like she's fucked up and uh there's a, there's a kaiju she ends up fighting the kaiju but not making a good choice and making things much worse at which point, the shadowy organization behind, you know, that that employs her pulls a wild card, and it's a good one.
0: Okay. It's,
1: it's very good. Awesome. I really liked it. The art was awesome. The story was really, uh, you know, like, just really good. I, I dug it. This was, a, this was a great I, book, and if I, I looked had, forward to it.
0: If I had noticed who wrote it, I would have been all over it. Um, it's Dave Dwan. Oh, I don't know who. I never wrote seen, uh, Cyrus Perkins in is. the Haunted Taxi Cab, which was really fun. Was like one of the only action <laughs> nice. lab books I think I've ever really liked. I was like, oh shit, that guy. That was a that was a fun book. So uh, yeah, um, yeah,
1: cool. Yeah, the art is by Magenta King, who I have also never heard of, and I really like. Interesting,
0: um, uh, a Mad Magazine really, really person great. who did uh, who did stuff for Full Moon. Which is really funny. Hm. You know, but, you know. they Interesting. Know uh, I really like knows this. how to be underpaid, clearly. Um, let's see. We got The Joker, number two. Man, oh man. This book, what the hell? Again, I, I like a Joker book, and I don't know why, but there it is. It's great. Um, and also... This this whole storyline, Do we did we ever figure out what happened? So the Joker had his eye shot out by Harley Quinn in issue 100 of Batman. And now he's got one googly eye. Did we ever figure out where this googly eye came from?
1: I think the googly eye is a prosthetic eye. <laughs> it's an intentionally... That's my guess. Okay. It's like, it's a fake eye, yeah, okay. like a glass eye it's a different color as well and yes. it doesn't like go in the right direction
0: true okay
1: <laughs> as as glass eyes are wont to do
0: fair uh yeah thought that was fun too so whatever
1: yeah actually i also really uh enjoyed the punchline story in, at yeah the end. so did i um it had uh harper uh the bluebird and i like that character and they i feel like they like the the snyder yeah. uh run Uh, The Snyder cut of Batman, no, the (laughs) Scott Snyder run of Batman um, introduced this character who I was like really into. And then they just like, just when Tom King took over, he was just like, no, I don't want that character in there, I guess, or whatever. It's because it just like vanished. So it's cool. And I liked, I liked, I actually almost, Yeah, I think this Joker book is much stronger than, uh, like, I hate the idea that I'm, like, super into, (laughs) but, like, just the strong Gordon presence, I'm a huge Gordon fan, so, like. But there's um, more
0: than that, I mean, this, it's interesting, the whole, the choices that are being made with, like, the villains, and this is also, like, a massive villain issue that, like, is bringing a bunch of people together who all want to kill the Joker, um, yeah, and and I believe we have a brand new character introduced—a female Bane. Oh,
1: well, is... Bane was killed in the first issue, right? Uh... Or what was Bane? No, Bane there, was killed in. There are they lots killed...
0: of Banes. The thing is that but there's can... like an island full of Banes, and they're all you know, like there's a bunch of these people with the 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 getup, and we see this woman gestating in on that island. And so she's going through the same process. So who knows? Mm. Uh, she I feel like it was character. in the first
1: issue of... Yeah.
0: Yeah, I nobody. feel
1: like they killed Bane in the first issue.
0: I think so too. Um, we have uh, a reprint of Jonah and the Unpossible Monsters, which is a really fun all-ages book. Uh, Great book. Yeah really good stuff that's Chris Samney so obviously it's great um, and oh hi a cat that wants to unplug me that's another reason why I shouldn't be doing these from home <laughs> it's like oh yeah I miss it well, it was yeah. like part of our regular
1: routine back in the day
0: yeah this it'll be interesting considering I've got two different recording things so who knows what'll happen I'll have to match Is it them Mr. up Biscuits? nope it's the, the gigantic one it's meep the enormous cat
1: meep <laughs> uh okay the worst possible sized
0: cat the worst this. the worst sized cat to be stepping on things uh we've got Jules Verne Lighthouse number 1 from image I should have checked this one out
1: i will say i almost got this it looked really good uh there's a robot design in it that i loved um, and yeah. it, it's, it stayed behind because it was a huge week and I just couldn't like, I can't get everything, but this looks really good. Um, yeah. the artist is, um, is it Dustin Weaver or like, I don't know. It was someone like really detailed, beautiful art and the writing uh, it's was David was
0: Hine, uh,
1: David B- Hine and yeah.
0: Brian Haberlin,
1: Brian Haberlin. Yep. Okay, so where I don't know where I know Brian Haberlin from, but that's a name that I recognize.
0: Yeah, I feel like I know both of them and
1: I can't think of where I've... David Hine did that crazy Boston subway comic horror comic that just ah, came out.
0: Oh, uh Last Last Stop on the
1: Red Line. Last. Holy yeah, Last sh- Stop on the Red Line. That was such
0: yeah. a good book.
1: Yeah, and he's done a bunch of good. He's a really good horror writer.
0: Oh man. That's great. I need to I need to spotlight that again at some point because that book was so good. That was yep. like that was like next level good. It was one of those books that's like really fun on three different levels. It had lots of really funny, silly monster stuff in it, and it had like lots of really great creepy monster stuff in it, and it was just a good overall kinda procedural mystery kind of story. It was that was great. Man. What a good book yeah crap okay i really need to check this out then that is i did not know that was the same person. yeah
1: it looked really good like i felt bad like i genuinely felt bad but it was like yeah i had to cut like more expensive books and it was a like it was like a six dollar book and i was yep. just kind of like okay i gotta cut something i can't get oh, yeah. a new no, book I, that comes out as much as i want to i get it uh
0: carmen number two is out that's another one that i should have checked out i thought the first one was great um it's
1: it looks great like that uh, was another art. one that I would have gotten but put back
0: another, another one of those weird kind of things where it's like just it was you know it, there were too many books I couldn't look at everything
1: yeah that's right
0: we've got the last issue many of books. King and Black Namor number five uh, who cares uh, Legion of Superheroes volume <laughs> two trial of the Legion trade paperback that is a thing and we have one of the most amazing things of the week and just one of the craziest things I've I've seen in a long time. Lock and Key Sandman crossover. Hell and Gone number one. What
1: the I hell? I mean, I don't know. I, absolutely. This is I don't read either book. So you got to go. Oh, my God. i go on this
0: one. Beautiful. The art is gorgeous. It's perfect. And it's. it's basically like someone who was able to channel both the style of Sandman and the style of lock and key perfectly, which is very impressive. We essentially start off with uh, we're in the key house and, uh, and somebody from the key house decides to somehow trade Something with the oh God, it's kind of complicated, but there's a kid in the house from Sandman from that first issue of Sandman when uh, Dream is captured by the the magicians inside that ball and they've taken away all of his raiments. And the little kid is basically playing with Dream's mask and his gem that allow that is basically his uh, it's basically like a crown that declares him the master of his realm. And so she comes over and she's like, hey, I'd like to trade for you. I know that you like this thing and you like to have like weird lucid dreams while you're wearing it. But you know what? I can give you some dumb thing from the key house. And so she takes it and she starts drifting around through the dream realm. And she meets uh, she meets Cain in the House of Mystery and uh, some weird shit goes down. And it's it's awesome it's really really interesting. You don't necessarily need to know either series to enjoy this. It is I mean, it's just so beautiful and so interesting just to see the characters of of both Sandman and Lock and Key. I mean, obviously the the characters of Sandman are so much more fleshed out than the Lock and Key characters, but it's like it's it's impressive. It's it's a really it's a really fun book and the art alone is a selling point, uh, and if you're a fan of either thing, you're going to love this. That is what I will say. And I mean, nice. I was really, I was really happy with how much uh, time we spent with Cain and Abel too. That was that was nice. I have a feeling that that's the last we're going to see of them, but I was happy that this this gave them a lot of a lot of airtime. Um, nice. We've got. Maestro, War and Pax, a number four of five out. And we have another book that I really love, uh, Maniac of New York, uh, number three of, I think, five, maybe. I think it's a, I don't think it's an ongoing, but uh, this is that crazy uh, Jason-style serial killer in New York City who is an unstoppable force of nature and just people kind of trying to live their lives around him. And then the cops that are trying to take him down. I've been, uh, I've been pitching Damien on trying to uh, option this thing. And he's like, well, give me money. And I was like, well, I don't have money. So find money and you should option this because this would be a really fun movie for you. Uh, anyway, uh, Eros Psyche number two. Uh, I hated that first issue, so I'm not sure what we're gonna be <laughs> looking at for the rest of yeah, it? Yeah, I
1: didn't. I didn't know what was going on with this.
0: I could. I read that first one, and I was like, I. It, it was inexplicable, is what I would say. It was like the art. She's amazing, Maria Lovett, is. She's incredible artist, but uh, not not a terribly great linear storyteller. I don't think. I, I really honestly mm-hmm. could not figure out what was going on. Um, we've got. The girl who, or uh, Minky Woodcock, the girl who electrified Tesla, uh, from Hardcase Comics. Uh, I did not read this one, but I I read the first series, the uh, the the girl who handcuffed Houdini. I thought that one was fun. Um, you know, it's it's one of these hardcase crime books, so it's you know it's done as a crazy noir and then involves a Nikola Tesla somehow.
1: Yeah. I like that they refer looked, to him as a reclusive pigeon
0: fancier. <laughs> in the solicit. Nice.
1: I, uh, this is one that like stayed on the shelf, uh, but normally like in a different circumstance would definitely have come home. I'm a sucker for a 1940s like crime yeah. Like there was a lot going on with this that I was like, "Ooh, this looks really cool."
0: Yeah, it was a, it's a popular book. I mean, it, the first one was very popular, so I'm oh, nice. I'm sure people will dig this one too. Uh, Joe Schmalky's got a new book out this week, a new a new installment in the Murder Hobo universe. The book is Chaotic Neutral, and uh, and believe it or not, it's offensive. It's gonna it's gonna shock you. But some gross things happen. (laughs) Some overtly sexual things happen. It's, Schmalky's treading new ground with this kind of overt sexual uh, offensiveness. But this book is great. This guy that he has here, I I don't know where he found this person, but their art is so cool and it's so exactly perfect for this character and this series. Uh, it's mind blowing and they're doing so many cool things with it. He's making like D and D figures and shit. And like, it's awesome. So when you get these, if you are a fan of these books, at some point you will be able to get your murder hobo, (laughs) little plastic figurine to play D and D with. So enjoy that as well. And I, I'm pretty sure this thing has been optioned as well. Uh, It's, It's one of this is a no brainer, uh, for for some sort of Adult Swim thing. I, if it hasn't been, if it's not out there yet, I can't, I can't imagine it's going to stay much longer without going somewhere. Um, We got New Gods Book One Bloodlines Trade Paperback. This is that, uh, which one was that? This was the Mark Evanier uh, New Gods series. Oh, wow. So it's all cool. Yeah. They're all set in the cosmic odyssey era.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Late eighties, yep. like post cosmic odyssey, yep. Vanier and uh, Paris Collins, I think was the artist on that.
0: Indeed. You are correct. Uh, and this is the, this also. That's why you have me on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> and the, uh, this is the, this has the bloodline saga six part in it as well. Which I remember very clearly, because it was in quarter bins across the land, and so well, there I was, always read those.
1: <laughs> there were also the Bloodlines annuals, which were a different, uh, a, a different, oh yeah, uh, a oh, different thought, beast.
0: Oh, it was a different beast. I thought that was part of the same, uh, the same. No,
1: Bloodlines. Up bloodlines i believe this storyline is i mean i don't know where it falls within the new gods the aven or collins new gods but the bloodlines thing that you're talking about from quarterbins was a series of annuals yes where they invented uh or they debuted new characters such as uh Hit, the first appearance of hitman Austin, uh, Hitman was Bloodlines. Actually, Hitman was the best of that was the Demon annual when yep. uh Ennis and McRae were doing Demon. Yeah. Uh but there was also anim, Anima. Oh yeah. And, I remember uh, you that. know, honestly, funny I'm gonna pull this. We are talking when we when we talk about Superman, another Bloodlines character makes a reappearance this week. Loose Cannon. Loose When we get to Superman, I'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Loose Cannon right. was above blood, the Bloodlines. Uh, non- yeah, I think he was the one from Superboy.
0: A nonstop Spider-Man number two is out. Uh, this Ooh. is Chris Bacalo. Bacalo, God, I never know how to say his name. Uh, but man, this is just like this is kind of just a way to do something that somebody always wanted to see Chris Bacalo do. <laughs> it really is yeah. like this is just sort of uh, how do we frame a story. So that he can do that thing that he does, where the panels are just so jammed full of craziness. That, yeah. Like, I mean, it,
1: yeah. If you this is a, if you like if his you artwork,
0: like, this is the most his artwork you're ever gonna see in anything.
1: I mean, honestly, I think this is some of the best of his artwork oh. I've seen, like maybe ever. Like, I agree. it's really absolutely good. Agree. also. Uh, Speaking of new villains, the monster truck driving Zapata brothers make a a first appearance in this. Uh, Viva Zapata. This is just over the top. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is over the top. But it's like, um, it's a little like Joe Kelly, actually, I think is one of my favorite. um, Like, obviously, he's my favorite Deadpool writer. And um, I've just always been a big fan of Joe Kelly. I think he's really, really good. Um, and so basically it's like Bacallo, I, I wonder how Marvel style this is and that they're just like, okay, like this Kelly is like, here's what's going to happen. And then Bacallo does like 17 panels it's on a gotta page be. It's and gotta be, yeah. I mean, it kind of has to be, but, um, I'm, you know, not, not hundred percent sure, but this is this, I love this book because he would be one of I the
0: last it. people on earth who still knows how to write in the Marvel style, uh, but man, <laughs> it, it is it is absolute madness the like yeah. just the kinetic motion in each panel like in a single panel where he's the characters are existing in four different places in one in one single panel it's just it is nutter butters it's beautiful absolutely and, and I there's actually a- I would absolutely say this is the best artwork I have ever seen from him I I have a feeling well, that this is a this is a two day per page book for him if I had to take a guess uh
1: so okay here's a couple things I'm gonna throw out uh Baccalo is almost always inked by this guy Tim Townsend. And I think Tim Townsend is a good inker. But this issue has also got inks from a guy named Al Vey, who is a top-notch. I love Al Vey's inks. inks. Hmm. Uh, and also it has Wayne Foucher, who is another uh, massive, like, just like, not, no one knows really who these guys are. Or, I mean, I, mean, I shouldn't say that. That's dismissive. But, like they're not like superstars you right. know but Alvey like used to ink like tom Grummet on like new titans like way back and like huh. he's like really good um just pro like a pro yeah like, yeah like when a good letterer is like doing something or a good anchor is on there like you don't know their presence and i think that that it this book really benefits from their inks because i not to slight tim townsend but i do find and i don't know maybe it's thinking maybe it's coloring or whatever but some of the bacala stuff or however you're supposed to say it (laughs) um it gets a little like it just kind of washes yeah and in this one like you don't there's none of that it's a very clear and there's like a page later in this issue where spider-man and um Oh, I don't know her name, whatever. Uh, they're in the sewer and like this old subway tunnels or whatever. But it's like this quiet moment. And it's like this page is like these quiet, successive moments. And then there's like this one panel at the end where like something happens. And it's like this tiny little thing. It's really good. I think this is a really, really good comic book. Cool. That's all I'll say.
0: All right. Uh, in the in the world of graphic novels, we have something pretty fun uh there is a peanuts graphic novel out this week uh an original graphic novel that was discovered in the archives of the schultz studio this is a this is a book called scotland bound oh. charlie brown the uh the unproduced feature length storyboard uh from charles schultz made into a graphic novel uh by uh, wow. By Jason Cooper, who did some stuff for Adventure Time, and Robert Pope, who's one of the Scooby Doo people. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a an unproduced story. Uh, I guess it has Loch Ness stuff in it, which is great. Of course it does. And uh, yeah, huh. holy crap,
1: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Like a, like a musical Monsters of Turkey Hollow When they did the unproduced Henson teleplay from yeah. 68 That Roger Langridge did That's
0: that cool I,
1: I actually didn't see this in the shop but I would like to check it out
0: Yeah, uh, we've got a new one from Cullen Bunn uh, At Aftershock It is Phantom on the Scan uh, This book Made no sense to me I'm not going to lie I tr- <laughs> I tried Uh, It's definitely a scanner's riff. There's, There's something going on in here. The word scan is definitely part of a scanner's concept. There's definitely psychics in it. There was definitely one exploding head. And I do not know what the fuck else is going on in this book. I could not make heads or tails of it. Unless if someone is like, oh, what happened is some guy calls four psychics together and then somebody's head explodes, I'd go oh, okay, then I did, I I figured it out. Okay, I know exactly what's going on.
1: But I, I flipped through it. I can't, I know nothing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in reading the next one. Uh, it's Cullen Bunn, nice. so I will give it the the benefit of the doubt that he knows where he's going with the next issue, but this first one eluded me. Uh, picture of everything else, number three. Uh, this is that picture of Dorian Gray story only uh, turned on its head. Cool, you know it continues to be good. It's not uh, it's yep. not one that I'm following, but the second issue was great. First issue was great. Um, power Pack number five of five is out. Another uh, another surprisingly decent book. Yeah. Uh Proctor Valley Road number two is out. It's that Boom Studios book.
1: It has the Grant Morrison uh co written and it has the cutest uh arm wound full of maggots I've ever seen. (laughs) It's got just like the art has this like Boom Studio uh kind of house style, (laughs) you know, like YA. And then there's like the scene where this uh (laughs) one of the characters gets mauled by uh, these hyena demons that are in the, in the background of it. And then like, at one point she's like looking at her arm wound and it's just, they're full of maggots. And I'm like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: resident alien. Your rides here. Number five of six is out. Rorschach this is a good series. Yeah. It's a great series. They all are. There hasn't been a yeah. bad resident alien comic. It's, it's just quality all the way through. If you uh, are enjoying the show and you want to read more, there is an omnibus of the first th- either three or four miniseries that is out currently. And it's cheap. Hello? It's like 30 bucks for like every almost every issue except for, I think, this series. Uh, so nice, easy way to get caught up. Rorschach number seven is out. Um, I like that series. I don't know if anybody else is following it scumbag number seven is out did you did you read
1: scumbag by any chance have not i know you probably didn't
0: i i I fell behind and i stopped
1: this one it's the second arc and basically um i don't know it's just Remender is basically like i don't normally if you just if i described this book to myself um I would probably not want to buy it, (laughs) but I actually really love it. Yeah. Uh, And this is just, like, it's, like, clearly he's just, like, really mad at people on Twitter. There's, like, all these superheroes (laughs) that have, like, the powers of, like, people on Twitter. Like, I can't, like, I, I, I honestly can't just, like, there's this one character that's called The Guilt. And it's just, like, she just, like infects people with their guilt and then of course like the scumbag is like has no guilt about (laughs) anything so it doesn't work but um but there's like another one that's just like he like just like yells things that he knows are true (laughs) like i don't know it's 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 silly i love it i actually really really like the scumbag uh i think it's such a good book and this one is like uh um kind of a I don't know. It's like maybe almost like, I don't like, I don't know. It's just a different mission and he's just trying to get laid and it's, he's saving the world while just being like a total shit, you know, basically continuing the riff.
0: Yep. It's good. I like it. (laughs) Uh, We have a crazy expensive board game called Cedars from Sirius Exodus. Uh, I had heard really good things about this. So I grabbed a copy of it. Uh, who knows if anybody's going to spend 75 bucks on a board game these days, since you can't be around other people, but uh, it's a cool one. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow, the uh, the fourth in the Zdarski yes.
1: takeover. The quad and the Kwadarski. This is, this is the first of the new Marvel What Ifs.
0: Yeah, this is a four-issue miniseries that is a What If miniseries uh, going into yep. What If... Uh, Spider-Man had not gotten rid of the black suit, and it's more than that, though. It's kind of the story of why he wouldn't have gotten rid of the black suit. Basically, gets uh, you know, obviously it's the the that thing that they do occasionally where they want to take you know clean-cut Peter Parker and take him in a murderous monster direction, and he uh, and he does, but Zdarsky is a better person to do that than anyone else as far as I'm concerned. This
1: is, this is a very good book. And, uh, Pasquale Ferry is the artist who is also like a master, master storyteller. Uh, so I love it. And I also really love the redesign of the, um, of the symbiote Spider-Man. Like they There's this really just like a very basic tweak to the whole deal. And it is very effective and very like horrific. This is a dark storyline for sure. Um, but very good. I liked it a lot.
0: Yep, Spider Man, Spider Shadow, number one. Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters number eleven is out, and uh, Superman number thirty. As you've said, uh, the <laughs> reintroduction of a classic. No one wants
1: character. this comic.
0: No one wants this comic.
1: Yeah, it does have um, the the backup in this one, and in rotating issues of this Superman series is Tales of Metropolis uh which is written by someone named sean lewis and drawn by sami basri who did that we mentioned earlier um that harley quinn run yeah uh it is a very very good artist uh this one is an ambush bug centric thing it's very surreal it also has jimmy olsen and promises that the also aforementioned loose cannon will be returning (laughs) in the next chapter finally Uh, the, the main story in it is is pretty uh pretty forgettable to be honest I don't know. I'm not not wowed by the uh, post-Future State Superman books. Not me either. Gotta say.
0: Uh, Sweet Tooth, The Return, number six of six. That's wrapping up. Uh, And Thor, number 14. Speaking of wrapping up, this is wrapping up that uh, the Donald Blake storyline. Woo! That was a... Yeah. This was a, I mean, a great series. Thor has been absolutely amazing, but... uh, this was brutal. This was a. Uh, this had, and it's it's interesting because, I. I feel like this leaves people who aren't fans of Norse mythology a little out in the cold because it brings in a concept that has never been part of the superhero mythos of Thor, uh, but is part of the, the actual Norse mythology of Thor uh so the the denouement at the end of this issue is is kind of contingent on you knowing the history of loki uh as as he was uh in the the actual mythology but uh, it's it's cool
1: also I, sets up uh loki for you know like yeah. with them wanting to kind of like heroify loki you know, in the greater yeah. scheme of things, it it really does like a pretty big status quo change and very clever and yeah. uh, especially effective. depending on I what is a very good issue.
0: Yeah, it could it could definitely yeah. mean something. It could it could even mean that Loki is mortal. I don't even I don't really know what the ending means. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. But uh, yeah, but it was cool. It was a, a well written issue. Uh, very very well written and we have the the Loki Thor double trouble uh, kids book great another fun little thing Uh, TMNT Jenica number two uh, or Jenica two number six that I believe is the last issue in that miniseries Usagi Yojimbo uh, number 18 Vampirella Dark Powers number five and uh, we have that uh, the spinoff from uh, Creeps Magazine, uh, Vampirous Carmilla, which is their uh, if, if the if so Creeps good. is their eerie or creepy, this is their Vampirella. Uh, it it's so good. It's it's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, what a great what a great thing. I'm so I'm just so happy that there is a world for black and white horror magazine. Stuff, still in this world, amazing. Yeah, uh, and we have the book that I was more tempted by than anything else this week, the complete Who's Who omnibus.
1: You and me both, baby.
0: I was um,
1: the price tag on this thing was just like that was an omnibus price tag. Oh, yeah, it's a hundred and fifty dollars. These... Yeah, I have all the Who's Who's, like all of them, all of the updates. I used to have all the Marvel universes, too, but I don't have those anymore. But I've never... I hate omnibuses, personally. Like I just don't like them. I've never been tempted by an omnibus more than when I saw that thing. I was just like, it's everything in in one place. Just boom. Also, you could kill someone with it.
0: Yeah, the chances... (laughs) If you
1: smash someone over the head, you could murder them.
0: The chances of me taking this home are very high. Uh, If this does not sell within the next seven days, it is probably coming home with me because it is I mean, it's also hell, it's something that's, you know, talk about a business expense, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not really a DC. I don't have a lot of the DC history, especially the way that you do. And so this who's who would be a real like, listen, I got to teach myself this stuff.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the reason I have the DC back in my brain is from reading these a million times when i was a kid and they're like i bought them when they came out like i i loved who's who it was so so good
0: who's who was so brilliant because of the fact that they would always do something where it was like uh every time they had a new character that they were introducing it was like you know nightwing but it's drawn by mike mignola you know, it's like or it would always have weird people doing the art that you were like, Oh my god, it's so cool that this random yeah. person that I've never seen draw swamp thing did it for who's who. You know, and it it was never like yeah, just random. It was like really cool art. That artists. was
1: more true. That was more true for the updates than it was. When it originally came out, what they basically did was they always tried to have the first artist who drew the character draw the entry. Which is why when you get to the G's and you get to the Alan Scott uh, Green Lantern, Mark Nodell is the artist because he was still alive in 85 when that came out. Um, You had Kirby drawing all of the New Gods characters um with some exceptions like but it was cool because you'd get like uh like dave stevens drawing dolphin or you'd get like um uh which makes sense if you know dave stevens and you know like pinup art or whatever and like the whole deal with dolphin that character which uh if you ever want to know just google the showcase issue with dolphin it costs like 150 dollars um there's also like um Steve Rude drawing, like, yeah. oh, who did Steve Rude draw? Mr. Miracle or something like that. Like, there's really cool ones. I just uh, remember and there's seeing, also just, like, weird, like...
0: Yeah, I just remember seeing oh, people see, who seeing I what? loved as artists that I'd never seen doing. Some people who I was like, oh, I don't even remember seeing you ever do superhero art. And I can't think of any good examples yeah. because it's been 20 years since I've looked at one no, of those def- but man, I remember I remember Definitely. being really excited looking through it just to see who was drawing what character. And maybe it's maybe it was always the ones who because I remember this from the original who's who. So it must be people who had died, who their characters, you know, the original artist was long gone. So. They, yeah. So they choose like kind of a stunt artist like here's Jeff Smith drawing, you know, whoever.
1: Yeah. 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 Also there's like, you know, they would do like up like there was an eighty-seven update, an eighty eight update, and then there was also like a I don't think these will be in there, but there was like those weird loose leaf ones. Oh I yeah. I never had a, a single one of those, so I've never seen those. But um but the uh I, I the, actually had a binder like, full of those like,
0: and they were amazing. Uh, but yeah, this oh has. Oh my god, I
1: would love. Someday I would love to find those. But I. What this That's has, the only who's who's I don't have.
0: This contains definitive uh, Directory of DC Universe 1 through 26, Who's Who Update 87, 1 through 5, 88, 1 through 4, and then uh, material from the 1989 annuals uh, Action, action yep. Annual 2, Batman Annual, blah, 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 blah. All those like Swamp Thing, Question, Flash, yeah. blah, blah, blah so yeah
1: yeah they would basically as continuity would would update and so basically like post crisis they would have they would start to do like updates that included but the original who's who stuff like the first 26 it was originally it was supposed to be 24 and then they added issues but um but the first i know a lot about who's who sorry (laughs) you can shut me up at any time but um but they um the pre-crisis dc like doesn't start like it's it's all pre-crisis and then because it took like two years for it to come out crisis had ended by the time the final issues were coming out so like when you got to superman and it was like way into the run and superman was like one of the final issues to come out like that was post man of steel or like it was like concurrent with man of steel so you had like burn it was yeah. weird because it was like Wayne Boring inked by Byrne or something like that. It was like you started to get like the post-crisis shit in there. And then all the update stuff is all post-crisis stuff. But um, there's some weird, weird. Oh, man. Now I'm remembering the Steve Rude one. It's Mary Girl of a Thousand Gimmicks, which is like a character that I wish to God oh, DC would bring awesome. back. Like, I don't know why there is not a fucking YA graphic novel of that character. Like, it is oh, like that's the best.
0: A, that's a no brainer.
1: I know. Well, you'd think, but it's been like 40 years that I've been like, you know, reading DC comics and no one's ever brought the character back except for as an old lady. And I'm like, why would you do that?
0: Well, (laughs) like, maybe I'll cut this and go have a conversation with somebody. Um, (laughs) Let's see. (laughs) Uh, I guess I guess
1: technically hmm. Morrison brought her back in in Seven Soldiers, but it was like a totally new character. So it didn't really count.
0: Uh, Okay, so just wrapping this up real quick. We've got uh yeah, sorry Wolverine number eleven out. And this is one of the first, I think, of these new Heroes Reborn covers, which I do not know what's happening. However, I gotta say the redesign for Wolverine is really cool, so I'm actually kinda kinda looking forward to some stuff. I like I do like that redesign. I've read some
1: stuff about it what do you think the the deal with heroes reborn is uh i think it's fine there's a few of these covers like the alternate covers are heroes reborn but the heroes reborn deal is jason aaron and ed mcginnis and they are re like they're basically like something has happened where and i'm sure it's mephisto but you know they haven't publicized that Mm -hmm. um has change the origin of all the mainstream superheroes and it basically just changes it. So the squadron Supreme is like the main heroes of the Marvel universe. So it's like basically doing like a justice league Ugh. story in Marvel, but like wiping the, it honestly, it kind of looks interesting to me and I hate the Quad squadron Supreme. So yeah. like, I, I will see, but you know, the only
0: thing I really like that really drew me to this Wolverine cover. So the, the issue is great. I love, I love this whole, like, return to Wolverine as a nonsensy superhero character. I've been really digging this whole this whole run. Uh, I mean, you know, Wolverine and Vampires is the exact opposite yeah. for me of X-Men and Vampires. Love Wolverine and Vampires, hate X-Men and Vampires. But uh, <laughs> super fun. But whatever. But this cover has uh, Sasquatch on the cover, and he... His redesign has him with gigantic ears, like a uh, like a lynx, and it makes him look an awful lot like uh, Goldar from Space Giants, the old uh, Japanese TV series. And Give so Goldar. it makes me really like it, I don't know. I just thought it was a great design. I've always been a fan yeah. of Space Giants, so. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Anyway. We my got... friend Sterling had a band called Gibby Goldar. <laughs> nice. That was really good. I mean,
0: <laughs> love Goldar. Uh, my friend Sally, she had a gold forester that we referred to as Goldar. Uh, and I had Silvar Nice. Because I had a silver forester. <laughs> so um, let's see. We got Wonder Woman 771 out. And we've got. The, if you
1: ever want to know what Becky Clunan's take on the Norse mythology would be, this Wonder Woman run, Yes, yeah. actually, it's just like her interacting with all of the Norse people.
0: Yeah, it, it's good stuff. I'm I'm surprised more Clunan fans aren't like jumping on it. But uh, we got X Men Avengers Onslaught trade paperback number three. So this is these giganto uh, trade paperbacks. So, yeah, it's like the, it's 40 bucks, but it's like every issue. It's so crazy. I I loved the Onslaught run. I'm a sucker for this kind of cheesy shit. So this is, this is definitely aimed at me because this was my, my era of like, of nonsense. Uh, And last, but certainly not least, Young Hellboy, The Hidden Land, number three.
1: Awesome. Ooh, Yeah both covers this was a hard choice both covers are awesome they movies. really are they're really um, and good. the story itself is just super fun
0: yeah and this is uh oh my god I'm I'm spacing on the perhaps artist
1: name Craig Craig Russo.
0: Craig Rousseau thank you I wanted to call him Russell uh, yeah. and I knew that was wrong
1: <laughs> oh Craig Russell is a different guy. Yeah, P- I got a P- sweet Craig, Craig Russell, Russell comic this week. Yeah, P. Craig Russell. I got a uh, P. Craig Russell adaptation of uh, I, *I Pagliacci*, the what? clowns, the opera. That's really yeah. weird, dude. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, I, I found it on eBay for like literally nothing. Here it is. Like I'm showing it to you right oh, now, nice. but you can't. Oh wait, you can't see my camera. Oh, I can. No, I can see it. It's so cool. Um, uh, yeah, nice. It's called *The Clowns*.
0: That, that's amazing. I anyway, think. Sorry. I think P. Craig Russell <laughs> is the guy. We were talking when everyone was starting to talk about non-fungible tokens, um, that P. Craig Russell, I, I could have the wrong guy. It might be another it might be another one of the artists in his realm. Uh, but he was like one of the first people to ever do something that basically was, instead of a, a digital version of a non-fungible token, his art is set up with a legal uh, contract. So that if you ever, what's that? It was Stroud. Oh, okay. It was Stroud. Oops. Which one? I can't hear you. I have headphones on. But uh, yeah, no. So, uh, so it wasn't that. Apparently, we heard this. I heard this differently. But it's uh, uh, he has the this deal where if you sell a piece of his artwork, his originals, that you have to pay him 20% every single time. So you own, so I I own a page of his artwork, and then I'm like, I've purchased it, and I put it out for sale. I am under legal obligation to give 20% of that next sale back to him. And then the next person who sells that artwork down the road, if they want to move it again, they then have to cut a check back to the artist. And that is part of the deal which is mind blowing that that kind of a system can exist and it's like it's so it's so funny because it's such a it's what the the nft people are trying to do for artwork in comics they want they hmm. want it so that you know so that it's like a a retirement plan for artists so if you sell you know if you sell somebody's art 10 years down the road when they're like too arthritic to do pages anymore you know, they still get a check, and they're like, "Thank you." Now I, you know, now I can pay for yeah. heat in my. In well, that my way, 60s. Jack
1: Kirby, who who created the Silver Surfer, for twenty dollars right. or whatever the fuck, exactly, you know, like, continues to, you know, I mean, as a not necessarily the best example, but, um yeah, sort of, you know, that's good. Yeah. Who was the artist? Did you figure it out?
0: Uh, hold on, Michelle. Who was it? William Strout.
1: William Strout. Yep. Cool.
0: So apparently, I had that wrong, but uh, I knew it was one of those guys in that era. Uh, cool. So that is it. Uh, that's what we got. And sorry that we weren't around last week. We had to close down for COVID protocols and whatnot. Get all of our tests back and make sure that everything was cool. We did. We did our due diligence. And now we are back up and at them. And uh, and we will see you on Wednesday. And uh, yes,
1: and I will post this week. I did a video, and I there were there are actually I have ideas of like which panels to post. I'm sorry, I've been spotty with the Instagram.
0: <laughs> no worries. All right. Well, we will see you next week. And thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, have a nice night.
1: See you, Bob. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. See you. Don't Bye. Chicory, Don't eat the bugs Coming down on me If I had one wish